From out of the lab and into the gym, it's the Coach B Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. Hi, I'm Kevin Davidovich from Coach Me Plus, and you're listening to the Coach Me Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. This is episode number three, and with us is the head strength conditioning coach from the Niagara University Purple Eagles, Matt Wittelspa. Uh, today we talked about some monitoring and alerts uh, on a small budget, which uh, was very interesting because uh, Matt works at a smaller D1, so you get to, you get to hear some of his experiences in his first year as a D1 coach. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast with whatever app you're using, whether it be Stitcher, iTunes, or other. Um, and make sure to go to coachmeplus.com and subscribe to the Applied Sports Science newsletter by clicking the subscribe button in the top right corner. Uh, without further ado, Matt Whittlespot. We brought Matt on because uh, obviously he's a friend of Coach Me Plus. He, um, you worked with us for a little while, right? Um, I did. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you were the first strength coach to kind of you know join the team i think yeah 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 we were so coached baseball so yeah yeah it first was, strength guy it was uh it was a uh an interesting introduction like you get you actually got brought on by uh doug mckenney who we were just talking about right yeah yeah so you worked with doug with the sabers right yeah i interned with them for like six months okay what with was the your, sabers was that um, your first internship no, before that I interned with UB, and then before that I had uh, I went like the junior college route. So it took a little different route where I went. Um, let's see, I went to Elgin Community College, went to Parkland Community College, then I went to Erie Community College. So okay. two community colleges in Illinois, one in Buffalo, where I was like the head strength coach, and then I would have, you know, you're not making much money, so you're doing like work the rec center for, yeah. you know, minimum wage or uh, or personal train on the side. So, so that's what I was was doing with those jobs. Um, and then I got the ECC job, and while I was at ECC, I was teaching PE, actually, yeah. to yeah. make make money. And then I got the – while I was there, I had the Bill – or no, the Sabres internship and then the UB internship. So that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand who might be on the outside of the industry, like, first coming in – or maybe they're looking to be a strength coach, whatever it is, is like these internships that you do are like no pay. Oh, yeah. Not even when like the Sabres or you're at like a Division One institution. Yeah. It's very rarely paid. Like uh, I just got my last intern, an internship with the Bills, and his was paid. Okay. Which is great. It was like 10 bucks an hour. But that's <laughs> like, I mean, like it's, you laugh, but it's like, that's like a... You, that's like the best internship you can get in the world. You've yeah. got the bills, which is awesome to slab on your resume, NFL team, and you're getting paid. Yeah. If you could do a good job, you did a good job, and they're bringing them back the next for mini camps. Um, but, yeah, all of it is basically volunteer. Like you go and volunteer your time, and you learn, and you get your name out there, and you network. How, how competitive was it out there? I mean, you're out there in the space. You're trying to, you're trying to get a gig, and you know, you're lining up for the – for the long haul, you're taking the free internship. You're, you're, you know, basically like you said, working extra hours, personal training, whatever it might be. But like, is the space filled with guys doing the same thing, or was it easy to, you know, get the get the positions that you were looking for? Uh, say yes and no. Like a lot of guys are interning and GAing and volunteering. Um, I don't think a lot of guys did what I did. Was was basically like I emailed these community colleges that were near me. 
And I was like, I want to work with any of your teams. And some of the teams got back and some of the teams didn't. So some teams I would just work with baseball. Other teams I had like basketball, lacrosse, hockey, you know, et cetera, whatever team they wanted. But whatever coaches got back to me, I just emailed them directly knowing they didn't have a strength coach. Sure. And I was like, hey, you know, anything we could work out. And majority of times they threw you some money, but it was nothing like that really was worth your while. Yeah. The worth your while was that they're a reference and that, you know, you do a good job. And they say, hey, this, you know, Matt guy did a good job and you get to put head strength coach on your resume. So I don't think a lot of people do that because that's a little harder because <laughs> you got to, you know, you got to seek those guys out. You got to send them emails. You got to hunt them down. And then. You know, you're basically strength coaching for no money, and then you got to find, then you got to intern, and then you got to find money. So, but yeah, I think you, I think you kind of nailed it with like networking, right? Like that's that's the key. To that's all yeah, this. the name yeah. of the game. Yeah. So who was who was like the guy who kind of opened the door for you first? Uh, the first guy was Phil Ryan. So when I was at ECC, I was just working with the baseball team. I was actually helping coach baseball too. And oddly enough, they had a strength coach there. And, like, that was how I actually got in. I was like, I want a strength coach. And they're like, oh, well, we pay this guy from UB. He's a UB strength coach. His name's Phil Ryan. And I was like, cool, well, that's great. Now I'll get to learn from him and I'll, you know, get to put that on my resume. So I worked with Phil for, like, a year and a half. And he was the guy who introduced me to the Bills, or, sorry, the Sabres, JT and Doug. So he was the one who got me in the door there. And then he worked at UB. So then I interned with him um on on the olympic side well nate harvey's the head guy so he got me both those internships yeah um which ultimately you know that got me having the internship with sabers got me the job with coach me plus with you guys and then having that job and having like those references which eventually got me the niagara job when that opened up because doug put in a call and then um phil put in a call and then i had I'm friends with the athletic director at Kinesis who put in the call. Yeah. And then meeting guys even through Coach Me Plus, which is great. Like I didn't even know the assistant AD at Niagara, Steve Butler, and he's best friends with Hal Luther. Hal's the strength coach at, sure, at, sure. with the Bills. And Hal called Steve and said, you know, Matt's a good guy. He's the right guy for the job. And I, I didn't even I didn't even know that nor ask for it. So it's crazy. Like, Networking's like the name of the game. We we had it was kind of funny because before um, we brought you on board, I had three different coaches call me and give me reference for you. Like I had, I had a coach from the, I had two coaches from the Sabers and a coach from the Bills call me and say, "Hey, by the way, Matt Matt's a good guy." And I was looking for a gig. Yeah. And I remember you came in. I was like, you know how uh, you had you know Jason call me and you're like, oh, I didn't know he was going to call. Yeah, like, I just asked Doug to yeah, call, and yeah. then I guess a few more called, which was nice. Yeah, so I mean, so the lesson—I mean, the lesson that you would give like a young coach who's trying to break in, like how do you, how did you get these guys to, you know, vet you and say, you know what, you know, Matt's a good guy. He's, you know, he's he's definitely worth a reference. I'm gonna I'm gonna call out for him. Well, I think doing a good job like speaks for itself. So you got to go in there, you got to work hard. Anything they ask, you have to do. I was there more than they asked me to be there. You know, so I was there earlier, I was there later, and I did anything from stocking coolers to cleaning up towels to doing laundry, like whatever you need help with, um, I was doing. And then um, <clears throat> also what helped was like 
just putting it in their mind that you wanted to do this, yeah. right? And then when jobs, I would research jobs, and I would say, this is, you know, we, we want to stay in Buffalo. I obviously, I wanted to live in the Buffalo area. Yeah. And, like, a job would open up, and you'd say, hey, could you call these guys? And, is you know, as long as you had a good relationship, they would call. Um, and that's what I urge my interns to do, too, is to intern as many places as you can. Um, I actually have a lot of them split hours. So I'll have them come here to Niagara, and then I'll have them go to, like, UB, and I'll try to get them in with the Sabres or the Bills, just because the more people you know, the bigger your network is and the better chance you have of getting a job. So if you you, you spend time with Coach Plus, you got to travel, oh, you know, I mean, we were freaking all over the place. I think the, yeah. first, the first week you got thrown in the car with Teo. And, and NFL Combine, I think, <laughs> was the first week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so you got exposed to not only coaches in the states and you know you know all around the country, but you also got exposed to coaches who were from Europe and Australia and things like that. Right. Um, you know, the 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 mindset it seems to be in North America is building your coaching experience through networking, right? Like you become part of this family tree and you become part of. Um, you know everybody's everybody's network, and you work through that network. Where it seems that um, we find that the coaches who come from Europe and Australia seem to not follow that mindset, and said it's more about um, you know credentials and experience and things right. like that. So, I mean, what have you have you seen any other examples of that where it's like North America, you have to be part of the family tree, or you know, watching other guys come in and just kind of bring it from from Europe and come with PhDs and credentials and run it that way? No, well, I, I mean, not at Niagara. Well, but, obviously. <laughs> um, no, I really haven't seen that more. I've seen more of, like, the North America style working okay. better. I, th- I think the name, like, at least here, I, my opinion is, like, experience is going to what experience and then people knowing you do a good job. So if you, you think of just, at, like, a company, even Coach Me Plus, like you went and you talked to those guys before you hired me. Yeah. So I think, um, I think you always want somebody who's qualified, but yep. you you want somebody that you know is going to do a good job and that you know somebody that you trust trust them. I think that's so. So for that's North America, pretty key. For the North American strength coach, it's more about like the mentorship, the guidance, the network, and kind of like walking you through the. Yeah, experience. I think so. Because if you have a guy under him, you want a guy who's going to follow your lead. Who's not going to bring up, you know, if your philosophy and your system is this way, who's not going to come in and say, you know what, well, I brought in this philosophy and they might both be great. But if you're, if you have one guy saying, you know, we should be doing A and the head guy saying we should be doing B, like it creates a terrible culture. Sure. So I think that's what people are looking for. Okay. Interesting. Um, So you've been, this is your first year as a D1 Head strength coach, right? You're, yeah, you're at almost one year now. Almost yeah. one year. Um, what's it? What's it been like? I mean, you you walk in fresh, right? Like brand new place, brand new uh, experience. Your your network is paid off. Your you paid your dues and everything like that, and you got the gig. So yeah. you walk into you walk in the doors for the first time. What's it like? Uh, it's exciting. It was for me. It was really exciting, um, and that was where I went to school. So yeah. it was nice. Like I, I knew people going into it, which was good. I knew I know my direct boss, which is the head athletic trainer. So I know I knew him. Um, but um, beyond that, it was like overwhelming because then you walk in and there's 18 teams, and at Niagara, it's rare because I think I'm kind of like a rare case where it's 
Division One at small school, but it's just me. Yeah. So there's no assistants. Um, so not so how, many, how many kids you got? It's about roughly 300, I would say. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. At least 270. Yeah. Um, so it's around 300, and it's just a lot. And then you get there, and you know, I didn't come into the best situation. So the guy who was before me last time, kind of at the end, you know, wasn't doing a good job. That's why they made the move. Sure. So they had teams who didn't want to work with the strength coach anymore because they didn't like them. So that was half the teams. Half or that was a fourth of the teams. A fourth of the teams. Never worked with them at all because he didn't reach out to them. And then the other half of the teams worked with them and liked them. So you had to, like, please those guys because those guys were like, oh, well, we like the last guy. And then the other quarter you had to reach out to and, like, convince them that they should be working with the strength coach and they should actually lift. And the other <laughs> quarter was like, hey, you know, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to do stuff different and, you know, kind of selling them on – your philosophy and the way you're going to do things. So it's like bringing in a court, bringing in like the half and the other half was trying to like change the other guy's minds of like, Oh man, I don't want a new guy. Yeah, so yeah. it was a little, it was, there was a little mixed feelings there, but it was overwhelming getting all those teams in. You got 18 programs to write by yourself. Um, the days are long, but it's, it's fun. I enjoy it. So you've got, you know, we were, we we're talking with, um, uh, Coach McKenney about this, and he had gone through twenty plus, you know, coaches over thirty oh, years. Yeah. He, you know, had to rebuy in every time that he did it. Um, but he got he got to a point where you know he had this repeatable way of doing things. Like guys came in and you know had to kind of get yeah. bored again. You're walking in for the first time. You've got eighteen sport coaches, and you got to convince them that what you're about to do is important. How did I mean? Like, what what techniques, what tactics did you did you play out there? Um, I say with like each group, it was different. So like the half that like really liked the last guy um, and were kind of like receptive to change. They were like, well, you know, we did things this way, and we don't want to change them. Um, I had the advantage of knowing like what the bad parts were mm -hmm. there, um, and a lot of it was injuries so like with the hockey for example they had a really good relationship with the coach but they had tons of soft tissue injuries mm -hmm. and the coach just thought that was bad luck <laughs> so you know I kind of walked in and and I had known the trainer and I listed you know we went through like a couple years of the past injuries and yeah, I said yeah. you know this is something we we want to look at and this is something I can help with and he wanted to know how so we sat down and that was when I started to doing like grip strength for CNS fatigue with the hockey players. Sure. So we did that. Um, we did it for a month and at first we were just collecting data. Yeah. Collecting data, you know, it was changing. The, the workouts were way different. Like they were a lot easier compared to what they were used to, like playing in season. Mm -hmm. We weren't beating them up. Um, and then like once practice started, I started showing them, or once game started, I started showing them like data that we had collected and that guys were tired. So what was the big buy-in for him was they play Friday, Saturday, which is a tough, tough for hockey. You play back-to-back yeah. -back games. Well, we go into Friday and we'd be tired, so we play Friday, and it's a physical game, and they were shot for Saturday. These guys were bad. Like Saturday, they had no energy, so yeah. they went yeah. in. They were all literally. We were all minus two standard deviations. Anyone who played. So wait a second. So you're tracking information. You're using GPS. Heart rate monitor. No, so we're all, just, all uh, yeah, so I'll go back and cover that. <laughs> so 
we're a very small budget school, so um, we use Coach Me Plus to collect and analyze the data. So basically, it's like having an assistant. Like Coach Me Plus is like my assistant coach. Yeah. So what they do is they have a phone, they sign in on their app, and we have a question that just says, you know, enter your grip strength. Um, so, but you don't, you don't need coaching plus for that. You can do you can use Excel. You can do anything. But you're just you're just collecting grip strength as one. I'm separate. collecting grip strength, but I don't have more than two minutes to analyze data. Sure. sure. So, um, if I wrote it on Excel, it would just be a number I never looked at ever again. Okay. Right. So, sense. I put in they put in the coaching plus, which also saves me time. So instead of Excel, like they got to write it on the paper, and then I can go yeah. get it, and I can look at it. Yeah. Well, then I got to put it into my computer. Um, somebody who has 18 teams with one guy, I, I'd like them to find the time for that. So I can't find the time. So um, they record it, and yeah. it's just there. You know, they squeeze it three times, and they take their best score. We bought um, we bought 14 grip strengths because we have 14 different rooms. How much does that they, cost you? And they do it when they wake up. Those are uh, 28 bucks a piece. So you're getting you're getting like. Thirty bucks a piece, roughly. You're getting a, uh, but you're getting like a fatigue number for twenty eight bucks. Yeah, so we bought four. They were so cheap. The high coach was like, "We're going to buy one for every room." So that it was important that they're doing it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So they're waking up and doing it. Well, they would have to come here, you know, if we only had a couple of them. So we sure. just bought them all for the, and it's thirty bucks. So you yeah. buy ten of them, it's three hundred bucks. It's right. nothing. Right. So even for Niagara, that's nothing. Which is <laughs> saying on. So, um, so they do that. They record it. And basically, also what Coach Me Plus does, and you know, I don't. I'm sure you can do this on Excel if you're a good wizard. But yeah. um, we're looking at the. We have a 30-day moving average. So yep. if there's scores like a, you know, they grip strength and it's 100, <clears throat> and then we're taking standard deviations. So minus one will flag yellow. Minus two will flag red. Um, plus one or neutral's gray. Plus one's um, green, and then plus two is purple, which is yeah. you know we're purple eagles. So yeah. that's like their good indicator. Um, so again, that's another thing Coach Me Plus does. So they enter that score, all the numbers are run. I set it up so in the locker room and in each coach's office, they have a TV and it goes to their monitor. So they already know what you know Billy Smith and all the other guys, you know Kevin Patterson. They know what all their guys' scores are. So that really helped like the buy-in when Friday. They would be all in the yellows and he'd be like, "Well, you know, it's hockey. They're going to be tired." And I'm like, "Okay." Saturday, they'd be on the red. He'd be like, Matt, well, what's with this? And I'm like, they're tired. He's like, it's hockey season. Of course they're tired. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, they're, they're not going to play as well. And, you know, we're going to see some injuries. So, luckily, we didn't really have injuries. But the first couple of weeks, like, they played so bad on Saturday. So, we you play the same team. So, we would play the team and we didn't have a good year. But we would lose by, like, a goal, right? Yeah. It'd be 3-2 game. Next game would come, we'd lose eight to four or six to one. Like we would get killed. So you're seeing like a major drop off. Yeah, we would get. We just couldn't skate. We couldn't yeah. skate with them. Yeah. And we're like not a skilled team, I wouldn't say. So we kind of had to grind out and sure. dig the pucks out of the boards. Well, when you can't do that because you're tired, you can't play your game. And you had we had no literally no. Even if we lost three to one, it was like we had no chance to win. So you actually had the benefit of showing. Um, what you were tracking in basic information. Like I said, you're not using GPS. You're not using right. It's real simple. They're, they're taking a minute yeah, to do so that in the morning. Strength. Um, you're showing the coaches that information, and it's actually correlating to performance on the ice. Yeah, and the best part is I'm not doing any work for that. 
So how long did it take to get coaches to understand, okay, um, what we've been doing, you know, since I've walked in the door and what you've been doing over, you know, the past couple of years of coaching um, is making your guys more tired than... Um, he noticed it at first. I just, I think he didn't want to like believe it. So then I was like kind of backing off the workouts. But after like three weeks when they hadn't won a game or they'd won like one or two games, he was like, all right, Matt, what do we got to do? You know? So I think as bad as that is that we were losing games that kind of helped. So, um, and then we, like we talked about practice. So we, we got to, and I'm, I did not tell him how to run a practice at all, but we basically, we had, Sunday was our active recovery day where they came in and they rode a bike and we did cold tubs and again we don't have many things to do so sure. we you know you had a bike ride you got a cold tub you got an easy skate or an easy jog if you run um, we did like basic ART work like foam roll or partner smashing you know taking a barbell and rolling your quads out all that stuff which again no equipment so and then Monday was Monday was usually their hardest day mm-hmm. um and the way we we did it was if we were yellow if we were majority of the guys were in the yellow and um, then we have another group dashboard where um that you could see the team so that if the team's average is yellow or the team is red or the team is neutral or green interesting so that was also a big one so like if the if it was yellow he did a medium practice. If it was gray or green, he had a hard practice. Really? So that's basically how he ran everything. So I said, if it's yellow, it can be medium. If it's red, it's got to be easy. And if it's gray or green, you could do whatever you want. So he would look at the average, and if it was gray or green, it, they would get off the ice and be like, oh, my God, practice is so hard. <laughs> you know, like the, the classic complaining. But um, And that was basically how I run. And at the end of the season, I mean, we would go like Friday, Saturday, Sunday active recovery, Monday, Tuesday, or Monday was like a medium day. Tuesday was an easy day. Wednesday was a medium day. Thursday, like they barely, you know, it was like a, they just skated and did skill work. So like, we didn't even have a hard day like towards the end of the year. But we uh, we only had, well, we didn't have any soft tissue injuries. Uh, and we reduced concussions, or I'll get in that later. But we um, we only had like a few, we had, two shoulder injuries okay and that was both like impact from guys getting sure. hit in the boards contact injuries contact injuries one was like an ac separation and yeah. the other kid at, at the end of their tour is labrum so the only, only two injuries we had so what, um, what was all it, year how many injuries did you have before the year before that uh, I, don't, I don't remember it was like be, i pulled up multiple years together it was like over three years they had like and again you have to report so this is going to sound higher than it was you like you had to report like if they go to the trainers has to be logged. They, they sure. can go to the trainers and say, oh, my elbow is sore. Yeah. But I, I want to say it was like they were like in the, the 70s for like three years. Jeez. So, so you, I mean, you're just employing really basic principles, right? Like Just basic stuff. Measure fatigue, change of, change of programming based on. And then we also did, they also had concussions was like a big one. Yeah, explain that. So, so and, you know, there's... And you know it's kind of funny. We're, we're, I mean, we're constantly talking about grip strength as being like an indicator here. Right. Um, before we get into the cu- concussion thing, what um, what kind of tied you into thinking about that as like your as like your key piece? Like, what other stuff are you tracking besides grip strength? But uh, that being one of your key pieces. That's like the key piece. We do subjective questionnaires. Mm-hmm. And I just ask five questions like sure. eating, sleeping, <clears throat> mood. Um, general level soreness and then 
uh, we have a body chart that pulls up through Coach Me Plus, which is where they can indicate areas of soreness, sure. which is helpful too. Um, and then we do weigh-ins, weigh-outs. Yep. So um, I sold that to the players and the coaches as you know, as we're going to reduce injuries being hydrated. We're also going to reduce soft tissue injuries, but I went more at the more than concussions okay. because the more hydrated you are, the less chance you have of doing anything with your brain. So um, we did weigh-ins, weigh-outs, and we did percent. You know, then we had then we would show them the percent weight loss. So I think I was. Uh, uh, I think it was two percent is yellow and three percent above. Between two and three percent weight loss is yellow, and between and it's three a Q, above is a Q daily change. Yeah, okay. yeah, for the daily change. So they had to weigh in, weigh out each day, and basically, if they were they at the end of the year, they were so good with it. We had we had you know drinks in the Coach Me Plus app too yeah. that they can go and log and then see what to drink. And at the end, they knew like if they were yellow, they needed this amount. If they were red, they needed this amount. So at the end of the year, we kind of had it down where. If you were in red, you took a Pedialyte, you know, they knew how many ounces, like 64 ounces of water and a pickle juice. If you were yellow, you took either a pickle juice, a Gatorade, or a Pedialyte, and then I think it was like 32 ounces or something. So, like, they knew they had to do that. So that was another, like, ingrained thing in their head, and yeah. nobody did it. So we, we did ask a lot for them when it's all said and done. Like, they're entering the questionnaire, they're entering the grip strength. That's done first thing in the morning, which will take them a couple minutes. Before they skate, practice or game, they weighed in and they weighed out. But let's go back to this. You, I mean, if you didn't have Coach Me Plus, you're just using Excel and stuff like that, which you could do all this in. Like, yeah. That's what you're doing. You have spent three hundred bucks on grip strength equipment. You have and your, uh, you we have had a fluids. scale. Yeah, you have a scale. You have your fluids. Uh, wellness questionnaire doesn't cost anything to to implement, and you've just employed monitoring in your hockey program and immediately reduced soft tissue injuries yeah and that's that's and then you know that's it that's all we've that's all we've paid i mean the supplements and all that is you know you get down the road and then you you know we're changing different things that we have available you know we brought in pd lights and um, we're trying to bring in other products like the right stuff and different proteins but you know that stuff hopefully will come in the future you know it so from from our standpoint you know we're, we're doing this podcast, it's, you know, the Applied Sports Science Podcast, and, you know, the interesting thing is that we'll be talking to coaches about their heart rate variability and about their GPS numbers and, um, you know, best way to analyze data, you know, how do you modify drills and everything else like that, but you're, you know, doing this at a level that is um, effective but affordable. Yeah, very sim- and very simple, too. I, I know you can get more in-depth with HRV and GPS, sure. and there's... Definitely better. I'm sure it can be done a little more scientifically, but um, that worked for us. It yeah. was simple. Um, it's easy to attain. Um, and then there's, you know, there's not like a specific load number or anything we're putting on a person. It's just overall, how is the team feeling and how he's going to manage that practice. So, um, did you want to elaborate on the concussion stuff? So, what you guys? What you guys? Uh, we we had uh, we had one concussion the whole year and again it was three years but they had uh, I think it was like 17 or something in three years okay or 13 something like that yeah. they had over yeah. 10 in three years and we had one that's incredible man good job so yeah that was that was nice like we I mean a lot of that some of that's luck too but yeah um, you know it was good that 
the hockey guy, the players bought into, and like they knew what they had to do, and they took the initiative to do it. Yeah. So that was really good. So I mean, what was um, so you you know you're showing coaches numbers, they believe in it, you know, um, they get into it. Does that help you then sell to other coaches what you should be doing? Yeah. So then that kind of they were like the revolution. So they they were the team we started with. And then, you know, Dave Burkholder, the coach, told, you know, you talk to coaches and you talk to whoever's in your circle. And after, like, after we came back from Christmas break, I had, like, four coaches. It was lacrosse, volleyball, women's basketball, and then uh, softball. We're like, why aren't we we doing this stuff? (laughs) And I was like, well, we can, you know, so... Um, we all we did it. Everyone did a little different. We did grip strength with softball, um, but with women's basketball and volleyball, we did vertical jump. So, um, I bought the vertical jump mat. Sure. Forget the name of it. Off the top of my head, the Vertec maybe. Yep. Yeah. Um, just again for s- simplicity. So, so, were you looking at uh, vertical jump height, or were you looking at like multiple jumps in flight time? We or? we did vertical jump height, and what I did for volleyball was they took their like normal three step approach. So okay. most of them volleyball they take like two or three steps. So whatever their approach was, depending on their position, yep. they took that approach and they jumped, and they would do three jumps. So the, we did that. Um, we only have one mat, which was a little more tough. So um, we did it. Uh, every day before or yeah before practice, so they warmed up. And they did it before practice. Women's basketball is the same way. They warmed up. They did it before practice. So sure. the times varied a little bit, which wasn't an ideal world. But we had the same exact setup. So they took their thirty-day moving average. If their vertical jump was a twenty, you know the coach. You know we look individually at players, and then the coach had the group dashboard of of all of them. And it would again, I, we just kind of explain. I just kind of explained to them. If we have a game Thursday, you know, we, we want them as gray or green, you know, as close as they can be. Obviously, towards the end of the season, it's hard. Sure. Um, but the volleyball coach did great with that. And I think a lot of coaches, too, they, like, they have, like, the way they run practice, and it's just the way they run practice. So, like, nobody's explained to them. So, like, even the volleyball was like, well, when do you have, like, a hard or medium day? And he was like, well, we just have we kind of do the same thing each day basically at practice they kind of, they they have their routine and it's kind of the same setup each day so it never changed yeah so he, when i explained to him well we, you know if it's wednesday and we play saturday or if it's wednesday we play thursday and wednesday everyone's tired you know we can't have that same practice and he's like well that makes a lot of sense so i think even just bringing it up sometimes as simple as that sounds was like totally changed the way they they did things um and then that helped, like, the players, like, the girls buy into, you know, the importance of strength training and the sure. importance of eating right and being hydrated and feeling good and sleeping. So part of the questionnaire is answering, you know, how many hours you slept. You know, and in college, sometimes they like to go to bed at 2 in the morning and wake up at 6. And, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, oddly, oddly enough, half the time they did that, their jumps were really – Poor. and so any got to see it, right? any competitive athlete you learn your jump yeah. so they know their jumps they know when they're they know when they're tired yeah. they know when they feel good um and they learn them over time which i think is for me i thought was a good thing because they're like oh 
Like, what could I have done? So yeah. then we'd be like, well, you know, I'd take a few minutes with them. Well, you, you slept five hours. Why'd you sleep five hours? And you're like, well, I was, you know, procrastinated, you know, <laughs> they had homework, whatever. So that was a big thing was just, like, explaining to them sleep. You know, sleep's going to help them recover. And then eating was a big thing because we, we had nutritionists come in and give them a meal plan, but it they didn't want to follow it because they didn't want to change the way they ate. But... <laughs> You know that was that helped them too. So once they saw this, those this results, is like, this is all like one on one stuff, right? It's like education. It's yeah. It's just education this. of why they're doing it, and I think that helped them a lot. Um, women and volleyball was great, so we we didn't have a single injury. Um, women's basketball was good. We had we had uh, our best player tore their labrum when she fell down from a rebound, mm-hmm. but no soft tissue either. But they like. It was, they basically, at the end of the year, there's a new coach, and some players had quit, and some players got kicked off the team, so they had eight players, and only seven of them could play, because the one girl had torn her labrum. Oh, wow. So, um, it was, that was like, uh, we were borderline yellow, red, all the time. So, you actually actually got to see it in these things that you're measuring. Yeah, I got, that was like, uh, we were always... Like volleyball was easy. Like yeah. we would hit. It, it was. I mean, we got them green almost before every game. It was because it, it's not that hard of a sport, right? The they, lip. They would beg to differ. Yeah, but I mean, just <laughs> it's not that taxing on their body, right? They could play a game, then they don't play again until the next week. So they had a nice schedule. Yeah. Okay. Um, women's basketball—they're playing all different times. They're traveling. They're taking planes. They're taking buses, and uh, they're going all over the place. And then they only had seven girls who could play. So. That's Two of their girls were playing all 40 minutes every single game. They never came out. So those two girls were like, uh, we had to monitor very closely. So at the end, like, I mean, they, they really didn't, we took it, we decided to not, they they really stopped almost lifting in general. We It was like very basic. Like we did very basic movements that wouldn't make them sore. We did a lot of mobility. We did a lot of stretching. We did it. We had one day that was, uh, this actually started with women's basketball. My mom's a yoga instructor. We had one day where um, she put together this routine, and we would, we would she put it on YouTube, and we'd go through it. So we did that with them. That was one of their lifts. Cool. And sometimes that was the only lift, and then other times we had a, a full-body lift. So um, we really had to scale it back, but nobody got hurt, but we were going into most games pretty tired. But yeah, that was a rare case. So... Um, you know, the one thing I always ask about vertical jumps whenever people tell me that they use it for testing is how do you deal with an injury who, or how do you deal with an athlete who has an injury? Um, they can't do a vertical jump. Right. It might be an ankle, maybe whatever. Um, what would you switch that with in, you know, in return to play? Like you're waiting for this athlete to come back, return to play. What would you, what else would you do instead of vertical jump? Um, if they weren't vertical jump, it depended on what they, if they had hurt their knee or they had hurt their ankle, if yeah. it was a lower extremity injury, we'd go to the trainers, which in volleyball and basketball, we didn't have either of that the whole okay. year. So I didn't, I didn't come across that, which was pretty fortunate. Figure out next year. Um, but <laughs> hopefully so, never. yeah, we didn't have like a step protocol. Um, so I'm not really sure what we would do, but we would have return to play with the trainers. Um, but we probably just wouldn't have them jump then. Uh, and then we'd look more at the questionnaires. We'd look more at um, their eating, 
and the sleep would probably be the the indicators we want to. Yeah. It would be too late to break out like a grip strength because we wouldn't have Didn't enough wouldn't have enough yeah. numbers. Yeah, have you seen? Um, there's uh, what the hell's uh, Nordboard? Um, I think we talked about this in the last podcast too, but uh, they do ISOs. Uh, no, not the flywheel one. Um, actually, that's not a bad one though too. You can actually get a number off the flywheel without doing like doing a submission yeah. movement, basically, um, or not a jump, but not an impact. Right, like an isometric hold or something. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, that's actually so volleyball, no soft tissues except for impact injuries. Yeah. That's pretty good, man. Um, so volleyball jumped on, basketball got on board. Basketball got on board. Basketball, they were they were actually a big supporter from the beginning. But we didn't like. Uh, I did the grip strength and everything hockey, and then they're like, "Well, we need to be doing this." So they kind of like yeah. came on, but they were a big supporter from the beginning. Okay. Um, what is so? You mentioned that the uh, basketball team travels a lot, though, right? A lot of uh, planes, trains, automobiles. Yeah, they they travel a ton. So how did you deal? How did you modify your programming based on travel, or did you just use your numbers to tell you? So we did that through the app as well, like. Um, like, you're asking for, like, ready to play or, like, workout-wise? I mean, you know, so I got how many, you know, I got a couple of games this week. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be on the bus for both of them, and I come back. Are you modifying based on the feedback, or are you planning your modifications? Uh, well, we would have a, a workout plan, but I'm looking at that. So if they come back, I'm more looking at it as an individual base because basketball was so small. Yeah. There was eight of them or seven of them technically. So I would look at that individually. And I had a basic plan that was completely changed once that happened. Sure. Um, and then I actually wrote their program week to week Okay. because it was such a unique case. So yeah. when they came back from travel, we did yoga the second they came back. So they a lot of times, um, again, I have 18 teams and it's just me. So a lot of times that was done on their own. So a lot of, they would get back, let's say, a Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. At 3 o'clock they were doing it. Wow. Okay. Um, that day they had to do it. So that was kind of the, the, the process. Like you get back, you do it. Yeah. You Or you land and you play. You get there on Monday and your game's on Wednesday, you're doing that yoga session that day. So um, I think, and a lot of studies will show doing something right when you get off the plane, something like low impact just to get the body going and mm-hmm. kind of calming the nerves, getting the central nervous system yeah. down, um, does a lot of good. So we they bought into that. And then the lift, when they were with me, I mean, I was, we had individual sheets at that time. So they had their names on it, and it was... I mean, we probably spent like 30 to 40 minutes in the weight room, but it was very basic. So, and it went all the way back to, you know, what we evaluated them in the beginning, what kind of squats or deadlifts or pulls and um, what they were looking at. So they were very easy to make everything individual because there's so few of them. But the girl, the two girls who played, they would come in and maybe a day for them, for example, would be like, um, we'd go like speed squats to a box. We'd be doing like, six sets of three um they would do like uh they didn't really jump either because they jumped enough so we would do that then we would do some type of accessory work we would do some type of 
single leg work for their hamstrings, mm-hmm. single leg RDL maybe, and then um, we would do maybe like a single leg squat, depending on the girl, yep. or like a iso hold squat. We focus quads, hamstrings to prevent ACLs. Okay. So that, and that was they do those three movements and they would be done. So those are the two girls who played all the time. Nice. Um, one of the interesting things that we we've seen over the past year um, has been a lot of blowback from sport coaches who are like, "Well, my players are too soft now. Yeah, we've got all this recovery stuff. We've got all this. You know, we're resting them more. We're doing yoga when they get off the bus instead of you know what they instead used of to. yeah. You know, um, what's I mean? Have you have you faced that yet? Um, with men's basketball, yeah, it's still kind of an uphill battle. Okay. So, yeah, the old school thought is 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 still tough, and um, I guess we can get into that now. I, it's a battle. I'm still kind of trying to change. So they had their right now it's summer session two and three, which they do with me, and then they get into the regular season. But before they do that, they do the conditioning with the coach. Mm-hmm. So again, like 18 teams, I can't be everywhere at one time. So like I do the lift with them. But a lot of, like, nine times out of ten, the coaches are doing the conditioning. Okay. I'm not doing it. So with a lot of them, I'll sit down and we'll talk about it. And, again, I'm not going to tell them how to run their practices, but I'll give them different ideas, such as, you know, fartlek runs or interval runs or bike sprints and give them just different things to do and my philosophy behind that. So for basketball, they had men's basketball. They haven't changed or kind of bought into that yet. The coach hasn't at least. Um, because he wants them working hard. So sure. they, on the other hand, had a ton of injuries last year. So in preseason alone, we had um, we had one one pulled hamstring. We had a kid um, rupture or not rupture his calf. He tore his calf muscle. He needed surgery, so he <laughs> pulled it first, and then he tore his calf muscle because he came back too quick, and then. Yeah. Um, Hamstring. We had one more guy do something. Maybe it was a quad, or maybe yeah. it was two hamstrings. I can't remember. But there was three guys, yeah. and they only had twelve players. Yeah, all soft tissue. So that was during that was during their conditioning, and it was like it was like a track workout. It was insane. So um, I think you just gotta you gotta find the approach that works. So for him, I haven't found it yet, but for the other coaches. Um, just explain to them that whatever player whatever player you have, having them for, if you play 30 games and it's your best player, would you rather have them play 30 games and, you know, be very, very, you know, be, om- be almost optimal? Or would you rather have them 20 games, but the 20 games they're like, they play like a freak, but they miss 10 games? Most of them would rather have them play the 30 games. Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting because you look at, you know, everybody points to the Spurs, you know, pulling out guys and uh, limiting minutes and everything else like that. You would think that that would translate into college hoops and, and down, but like I said, we did see a lot of blowback from college basketball coaches who are like, nope, I've, we've been monitoring, we've been tracking, and don't care. Yeah, I think it's just kind of like an old school mentality that's hopefully... <clears throat> Um, going to change. I think what I've done for basketball, and we're going to see if this works, is the players really like me and respect me. So I've gotten their buy-in where <laughs> yeah. now they're like, you know, they want me to take the reins and go to coach and 
Um, it's not. It's really not that they even want it. I guess you know the coaches look at it as it's easier. We're being soft, but you know you can make the workout a lot harder, just more efficient. You know, instead of them running, I think some some of the workouts are like <clears throat> they'll run like 400 meters for they'll do like eight 400 meter repeats with like a minute break, yeah. which is like insane. Yeah. So. That's why they have a lot of hamstring injuries. <laughs> um, but uh, so, you know, just explain to them, we can get more out of, you know, a short interval with a longer rest and a short interval with a longer rest, and we still can pick up the volume and intensity. And they're still going to be really tired and get in good shape, but they're not going to get hurt. Um, especially the other th- thought to that is at a school like Niagara, we have, you know, a certain amount of good players. Sure. So we're not USC or Duke, so we might have five really good basketball players. Well, after the five, there's usually a significant drop off. You don't have like next man up kind of. We mentality. don't have. I mean, you got to have the mentality, but, but we mean, don't like, go you don't from. Have the talent, you don't have five stars lined up. Yeah, we don't have a four star. We don't even have a three star or two star recruit sitting on the bench. You know, yeah. so the the guy or girl on the bench is usually like a freshman or sophomore that we're still developing. They're not a freshman who can come in and average ten points. So keeping them healthy is really like a byproduct of them winning and keeping their job ultimately because if your best players get hurt for the next three years you're not going to win well so go back to your hockey women's basketball volleyball um, analogies when you saw um, fewer injuries you saw you were managing based on um you know, fatigue and things like that, like, did that translate into better on-court performance? With hockey, yeah, definitely. Um, the Saturday games were, like, unbelievable. I mean, you could just watch, and they were better. We didn't, uh, have, like, we didn't have a good year. I think they had, like, eight wins. Mm-hmm. But at the first month of the year, <clears throat> the closest Saturday game was, like, three goals. Okay. The last couple months, I don't. Know, I mean, every literally every goal was like a one goal game, or we went in overtime. Okay. I mean, we would lose at the end. So like we, we had a lot of close games, and so that was a direct performance. And guys played better. Guys lasted the whole season, which had really like never happened there before. Um, women's basketball was a little harder to tell because they played so many minutes. Yeah. It was like uh, I think at the end like. They weren't really fresh anymore. Like, they were just surviving almost. They were in, like, survival mode because they had played so many minutes. But they actually were there. But they played the whole year. So, I mean, imagine if your seven players go down to five. Like, you're... Done. You're pretty much done, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, they played the whole year, and they got the minutes out of all of them, the experience, and a new coach came in, so it's, you know, she didn't have much to work with players transfer and leave just like anywhere so they'll be they should be a lot better this year and they have 15 girls now so is there any way that you can i mean how do you deal with um taking that success and then translating it to the coaches who might seem old school and don't want to do this um and there's no there's no right answer for this taking so like what i've done and now what i'm going to actually do with coach the best men's basketball coaches taking data, just showing like we have like specific exam- examples from hockey. Like, here's um, 
you know, when we played a team Friday and we played a team Saturday, we were too tired. We won, lost by a goal on Friday and lost by four goals on Saturday. And then, you know, three weeks later when we started doing this, we would, you know, lose by a goal on Friday and win Saturday. Or lose in overtime on Saturday. So, like, the games were comparable. Yeah. Um, you had guys who lasted. And then you have no injuries, really no injuries at all. So um, that's a big thing. So I think bringing that into to basketball is, is going to help. And then um, I think having the players bought into me is is a, is a good thing too because they can go they can go to the coach too and say, you know what, Matt's doing, we like the stuff Matt's doing and, and try to go from there. Hold on, we have ping pong guys in the background. <coughs> love, the, love the podcast in the office that has the ping pong game. It's like, hey guys. <laughs> it's awesome. You um, have to edit this. No, we'll just roll it. It's totally fine. What? No, we just keep rolling it. Oh. Um, so you, uh, so you um, spent a you know a year in the Coach Reed Plus uh, office, which really wasn't much in the office. You were on the road more than right. anything. Um, you were, you know, you, you're kind of like this intern. You uh, go to a couple schools. You're working at different places, and then finally, you get like on the road, and you get exposed to like everything, right? What What would you say were like the, some of the coolest things that you saw out there with with what teams were doing or with what coaches might have been doing? Um, there's a lot of them. <laughs> no. uh, I mean, like what really stood out? Uh, <coughs> I stood out to me was. Um, the Ottawa Sports, mm, yeah. Kyle Thorne with uh, they had football, soccer, and hockey. Yep. I think because you know it translates the best to me. He had multiple. We had three professional sports, just him, no assistant. Yeah, and they had small budget, and he did you know the grip. He did you know basically I'm a spin image of what he did. That's who I learned it from. So. Um, he did grip strength. He did weigh-ins, weigh-outs. He did a subjective questionnaire. They did USG. They said to during specific gravity, um, and he saw like great results. Very simple, very basic, um, but at a high level. So yeah, like I mean, yeah. you're at the professional at the highest level. They made that, the, and that's what he's doing. They, made they it to the CFL championship too. Yeah, and then soccer or hockey won. Soccer won into the soccer made to the <coughs> championship. Hockey was number one in their division, and the football team, second year expansion team, made it to the championship. As wow. well. So yeah, super <laughs> successful, and like they like barely had. I mean, I, I would ask them all the time, like you know, how do, how do you know like this or that and this. And, like, at the end of the day, he's like, well, you know, we, we really don't have any soft tissue injuries, so I think we're doing the right thing. So he, sure. you know, everything, the red, green, yellows, standard deviation, all that stuff was basically taken from him. That's who I learned it from. That was really cool. Um, I'd been with the – I interned with the Sabres, so I learned a lot with them, um, which was really cool. Um, the Wayne's Way Outs from Dougie, that was kind of where I got that from, Doug McKenney and the Sabres. Um, and the other one I really liked was John Shackleton with mm-hmm. Villanova. Yep. I mean, there's so many good ones. I mean, they're all good, but he he's the same thing. Like they have they have heart rate monitors, so they do a little more. They have uh, they did their own version of like the FMS, which I've kind of picked up on. Okay. Um, which I liked for basketball. So they basically 
he would have him squat with like a dowel or like a PVC pipe. He would have him lunge with a PVC pipe. He would have him push up or do a pull up. And like that was kind of the eval. So yeah. I've kind of taken stuff from there. He puts uh, inside his workouts, which are really creative, which he'll put like he'll group like a mobility. If they're squatting, he'll do like an ankle dorsiflexion or something like that. Sure. Or they're doing a lunge and you're attacking the areas for that sport where they're limited range of motion. Basketball is pretty much ankles, hips. So um, that was something really cool to pick up on. And obviously, they won the national championship last year. So uh, that's a good guy to learn from. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just the way he broke down programming and planning the year and grouping things together and not overkilling them. Like, their program, too, is very basic, very simple. Um, they're big on urine-specific gravity. So their big indicator is urine-specific gravity. You know, ours is weigh-ins, weigh-outs, but it's the same difference. Sure. Um, and they won't allow guys to even practice or play. So their kind of thing is if you're in the red, which, you know, they'll have guys in the red, they won't even allow guys to practice. They'll have to, you know, go get fluids, go get get fluids before they get back out there. And, you know, if you don't practice, then I'm sure the coach, I don't know this, but I'm sure the coach has some punishment for you that you don't like, whether it's playing time or running. So, you know, <laughs> They'll, uh, you know, they'll do it that way, which is great. And the way he broke down nutrition with them, too, is kind of like he sent me his whole thing, and I kind of made my own version of that, and that's what I sent out to our players. So he's super smart with that and educating them on, you know, he's big on it's not it's not that they don't want to. It's that we need to educate them. So yeah. I think that's athletes today is not that they're lazy, you know, the old school. They don't work hard. It's just – now they not they want to be told why they're doing something and how it's going to help them. So if you give them this packet and you show them why we're doing weigh-ins and weigh-outs and why we're lifting and why they need to jump higher and why they need to run faster and why they need to eat healthier and you make it make sense to them, they're going to buy in. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, any surprises while you're out there? Like coaches that are just, and you know, to drop names, but just coaches you were really surprised were still as old school and rudimentary as... Yeah, yeah, you you know, there are a few cases there too. But guys set in their ways, but um, I don't know if you'll change that or, or not, you know. But you definitely have those guys that think it's kind of over, like the data is overwhelming and won't help and they've done things their way. But yeah, there were not many of those cases, but there were definitely a few of those that didn't want, didn't want to look at it. I think some of it's just the work, like too, you know, they're old school, so they might not, they probably don't even use like Excel, so they you know they don't want to track the numbers and whatnot. So, um, but the idea of you know Coach Me Plus for me is it's taking time away. It's not adding time. So yeah. all that stuff they're entering in, and I'm seeing that. So I'm I'm the one benefiting from it because they're doing the work. I initially set it up, which doesn't take much time, and they're doing the work, and I'm benefiting from the numbers. So I get to make my program better, which makes my job better and makes them play better and keeps them healthier so it's like a big win for me and really for for them like they're doing the work yeah yeah um i think we have like five minutes left or so um you know looking forward and uh you know this is your first year um what uh what lessons have you learned that you know what mistakes did you make that you wouldn't do again and you know just uh, take, it, take it and chuck it the biggest mistake i made was was the men's basketball culture 
so the culture needed to be changed in the whole school, right? And there's sure. there's there's teams that were super easy. You explain, hey guys, we're this is what we're gonna do. Here's my philosophy. Da da da. You do anything, they're gonna do it. There were teams that were harder, and you had to grind them. And then there was men's basketball who came from a culture that they kind of just do whatever they want. And I was like, well, you know, this is the way the coach does it. And, you know, so I guess the biggest mistake I made was, like, listening to, like, it's my room, listening to somebody else kind of be like, well, you know, these guys, if they come late, they're our best player. They're, <clears throat> they're not going to sit. Or, you know, there's no repercussions if they – can't make it to lift that day because they're at tutor etc like it was stuff that in the past was tolerated and drove me crazy so i for the whole first semester i didn't attack that the way i should have but the second semester i did so um that was that was the biggest mistake i probably made was just not attacking it right away but then in the second semester we changed a lot of things in the weight room which are are way better now nice, so nice. and i guess the learning of that is that in a, again like going back to that old school mentality of like they they don't want to work as hard and, and da, da da so i they didn't do they literally wouldn't do anything for me in the weight room i mean some of the the guys who wanted to work wanted to work right yeah, so this yeah, is yeah. the old school thinking the guys who didn't want to work didn't want to work so i was like oh great i'm one of those guys now <laughs> so i'm like i i can't watch myself do that so what is it? The five five top guys, ten middle guys, and yeah, five bottom and, guys, and, and ten middle you know, the, follow. That's like the old school coaches, and I'm like, I, you know, I refuse to believe that. So I, I t- had ten rules from like, they can't swear, they can't sit down, they can't wear jewelry, um, you know. And I started implementing more of John Shackleton's workouts, where we go from like a mobility to a you know a strength or a power to a mobility. So there always had something in between that wasn't going to kill him. You know, wasn't going to make it super hard on them. Um, so we went from like something hard to something easy, or maybe group like a, you know, a core exercise, like or whatever, an ab exercise, whatever you, you, the group name is now for that, um, with like a leg exercises or a bench or something. Um, and the harder, and then being late. So basically, the all this stuff was burpees. So if if you were late, a minute per player late was ten burpees. So for like when they were their season and i had to wait till the season was over to implement this so when the season was over literally all we did was burpees just to get these guys into a they would be 20 guys that up 20 minutes late we'd do 100 burpees before we did anything we'd do 60 burpees do 80 burpees do 40 burpees well after about 10 days you know a couple weeks of training they didn't want to do burpees anymore (laughs) So, um, and I wasn't, you know, mean or anything. It was just, that was the rule. And then the best part was the guys started taking control. So like no longer, I didn't have to be, you know, the, the mean guy who was like, oh, we're doing burpees. The guys were like, yo, don't sit down. Why are you sitting down? Why are you like guys who finished early also had to do like work. So if you got through the workout quicker than if I finished before you, well, you got to go do extra stuff. So a guy would like want to just stand there in the corner because they couldn't sit, and they'd be like, "Yo, you're better than the team." So stuff like that, and now it's it's pretty remarkable. Like wow. they they're actually one of the hardest working teams, and I'm not nice to them at all. <laughs> so I mean, but, but I'm definitely got, the hard I'm the, the hardest the on team, them. You got the team to you know push on each other, right? That's great. So that's it's good. They'll their work, their lifts are just as good as anyone's now, if not better. Nice, awesome. 
Um, if there's anything that you could do next year, and I mean anything, like you can go out and spend a hundred grand on, you know, tech or whatever, what, uh, what would it be? What's your, what's your like pie in the sky? I wish I could do this. Um, mm. Implementation. There's a lot of them. <laughs> um. I would either go with like, mm, I think I would go HRV maybe. Okay. Like Omega Wave or something to tie in. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I would go with, just more of a. Okay. And buy like 300 of them <laughs> if I had the budget. And then they would have, we'd all get the results through Coach Me Plus and it'd be, it'd be, then every team and every player could do it. <clears throat> yeah. I guess that would be it, but. Right. Good with what we got. Have you tried? Have you, have you actually tried the uh, HRV for training app? Uh no. It does the finger? Is that the, the face? The no, that's the cardio buddy. Cardio buddy, I've yeah, tried that. Yeah, yeah, that one sounds. And I'll tell you what, I wore my I've worn my heart rate monitor with that thing. My cardio buddy. Yeah, that one's on, good. Yeah. Um, I would recommend uh, if you, you listen, Rob Pacey, right? So yeah. I would recommend. Uh, checking out that app if you're at a like, okay. too affordable heart rate variability. Yeah, I think Try that's it on true. yourself for a while like, yeah. to, to play with it. But I like, I mean, I like the, the grip strength and vertical yeah. jump. Like, it works, so. No, you've done a great job. I, I wouldn't over, I don't want to overcomplicate something that doesn't need to be overcomplicated. Yeah, no, you've, you've, I think you've done a great job. I think, um, you know, the, the soft tissue injuries speak for themselves and, you know, right. the fact that you're doing this on a, on a shoestring budget in your first year. We it's had uh, pretty remarkable. We had one ACL last year. Yeah, that's out that's of three hundred athletes. That's amazing. Good yeah, job, that's man. pretty good. Uh, anything you want to add before we wrap up? No. Mm-mm. Not doing any special promotions. You don't want to recruit anybody in Niagara. No special promotions. <laughs> I'd like an assistant. <laughs> assistant strength coach would be nice. Get intern. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have interns. I have to do the work to get them from other schools. But I have one this summer too from Mercyhurst. Nice. Nice. The other ones I had from Canisius. Very cool. Well, thank you. Uh, again, it was Matt Wilspa from Niagara University. And your first year as a D1 coach, I think you did a pretty good job. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was fun. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again for listening to the Coach Me Plus Applied Sports Science Podcast. Hope we made your ride to the gym or from the gym a little bit easier. Uh, You were listening to Matt Whittlespa from Niagara University's Purple Eagles. You can follow him on Twitter at MattW0892. Yeah, I know. It's easy to remember. Um, Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And, of course, subscribe to the Applied Sports Science newsletter. Go to CoachMePlus.com and click the subscribe button in the top right corner. Uh, Look for our next podcast in the next two weeks, and we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks.